0: This is The Backpass, a podcast for sports nerds, by sports nerds. This week, we preview the biggest show on earth. No, we aren't talking about the NFL halftime show. We are talking about the FIFA World Cup. Hello and welcome to The Backpass. I'm your host, Gurpreet Singh Rana, and with me today, I have Kevin and Shivank. Gentlemen, how are we?
1: Hello.
2: Hey, how's it going?
1: Can I just also say that a mid-season World Cup sounds like a terrible, terrible, terrible idea.
0: I absolutely agree, Shivank. It is a horrible idea. We've been dreading it the whole season. But you know what? We're still going to geek out on it because we're sport geeks. That's what we do. Six weeks off the best footballers on the planet. This is what we do.
2: There's no Erling Haaland. Can't be the best footballers on the planet without Erling Haaland.
0: This is true. And no
1: Italian defence.
0: Like we've said, Italy have decided to boycott the World Cup. Mm -hmm.
1: Gotta love their spirit.
0: So gentlemen, an easy one to start off with. I want to know... Who you're going to be supporting. So we know Kevin lives in Australia. Your boys are at the World Cup, Kevin. Yep. Is it going to be Aussie, Aussie, Aussie?
2: Yep. I'm going to 100% support Australia all the way out of the group stage. (laughs) 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 And then I'll take my pick out of, you know, Argentina and Brazil.
0: All right. So, uh Kevin, can we book in an episode in maybe 3 weeks time when Aussie are unfairly bundled out of the World Cup because of VAR and you want to have a rant? <laughs>
2: 100%, 100%. So, I can t- I can tell you what the topics are going to be. It's going to be either a handball or a uh inappropriate slide tackle that was called in the box. It's typically what happens on Australia's front. And the guy that makes that will end up being the captain for the next world cup. Top tip.
0: <laughs> Couldn't happen to a nicer set of fans. That's all I'm going to say. So <laughs> now, Shivan, Sh- Sh- uh, I've known you for quite a few years and I- I've always struggled to find a-, a nation that you have an affection towards be- hmm. being a Chelsea fan. Are you just going to be cheering the team that's winning?
1: Uh Basically, I'll cheer for the team that results in the least number of Chelsea injuries.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Like, honestly, I have never found um, international football interesting simply because it lacks chemistry and whatever have you. But at the same time, I'm more than concerned about the Chelsea players at the World Cup. And if they all come back fit and happy, I'm happy. So on the day of this Chelsea representation in a game, you can just decide which team I'm going to support.
0: And look, I think let's 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 pick up on this i agree so i've grown up supporting england and one of the things that has i think been the downfall of the english national team has been this lack of cohesion you talk about now now typically i feel what we've seen when the world cup or the euros roll around is the european football season ends these teams are able to go into camp for maybe two or three weeks Build up that cohesion before the tournament starts. This time around, Man United finished their last Premiership game yesterday. The World Cup starts in six days' time. Do we feel that cohesion is going to be one of the really big issues this time around for these teams?
1: Probably. Probably. Well, if you look at your general tournament, right, that happens at the the appropriate time of the year when it's the European... Summer in the Northern Hemisphere. You usually have about two, maybe three weeks of rest after the season's over. Then you get a couple of pre tournament warm up matches, and then you get into the actual tournament. So you have about a couple of weeks to prep, you play a few games, you acclimatize yourself, and then you get on with the World Cup. This time, none of that's happening. You're flying from Mm. continental Europe or wherever you are in the world right now. Most players are coming from Europe anyway. Where the temperatures dropping, you're going into Qatar, which is about 30, 32 odd degrees Celsius right now. You've basically got one week to acclimatize and get used to playing in your national team setup and forget about how your club plays. Absolutely. With zero time to mentally switch off and then switch on again. So, hey, if there's some exciting goals, sure. But if you're a true sports nerd and you're looking for good team chemistry in those passing lanes and those intelligent third third-man runs, uh, you might be left a little disappointed.
0: So, so Kevin, uh, I, I mean, firstly, is, is there anything that Shivank said that you necessarily disagree with?
2: No, uh, I'd probably emphasize the temperature. And, you know, when we're talking about some of these other factors in who's going to be successful and things like that, I think that's going to play a big part. Um, on top of that, I'd be really interested to see if there's any tactical changes as well. In the way certain teams line up and how they uh, allocate position groups and combinations, mm. because you know we saw for uh, well the predicted lineup for Brazil, for instance, they've got Fred and Casemiro, and I don't think they're the best. Like Fred's probably mm. not the best best player <laughs> in that position, but I think that's that's looking a little bit ahead and going, okay, well we don't have that many um, training sessions. Temperature is going to be a bit horrendous. Um, we might stick with a combination that's worked well or worked together before.
1: Mind you, the one thing that they will be doing this World Cup is that at, at around 22-odd minutes or 23 minutes in each half, they will have a water break for two minutes to keep hydration levels in check. So you expect things to change rather quickly in a game. So at 22 minutes or 60-something minutes, you'll get the pl- – the manager or coach being able to talk to the players and um, shuffle up a few things that happens mid game as well, but it's not that, you know, you have the manager has 100% of the players attention, whereas now they will for a couple of minutes. So you will see some interesting tactical decisions.
0: So these, these tactical decisions, the, the temperature, the lack of time to prepare, given, given these factors, who do you think are the teams that these, these factors sort of favor the most who do you think is sort of looking at all these things and how unique the timing of all of this is who does this favor
2: if we if we talk about just from a geographical standpoint the south american teams and african teams have an advantage um, because they played in that weather they grew up in that weather Um, on top of that uh, i think uh, when we're talking previously a good point was raised around uh, from a tactical standpoint, whether you avoid this high press. So teams that have um, maybe a low block mentality or, or something along those lines. Um, and, then, uh, and then probably a third factor is uh, the quality. So these, this is going to be like an age group question. You wouldn't want super young players because they probably haven't developed the fitness level required to, mm. to survive the heat. Mm. So the younger teams are probably going to be negatively effective as well.
1: So Kevin, if I read between the lines, you're saying Aussie will have a good tournament.
2: Oh, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent.
1: Because a they're used to the weather, um, b they're in their off season, and they can play a low block, and, and they, they can play any... a low block. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So, guys, I've been I've been trying to. Uh, I've, I've sort of been going through the big boys, you, you know, your, your, your typical uh, Brazil, Argentina, France, Germany, Spain, Portugal. I, I, I get a sense that the, the fact that Siobhan mentioned, the lack of preparation, so needing to be well drilled, you know, almost having a style that you can fall back to, that's almost second nature. Uh, and And then either playing a low block, which we know Portugal can play, or playing a high possession style, which we know Spain can play, and then having conditions that you're sorta of, you're a little bit accustomed to that heat. I, I, I get a feeling that this might be a tournament that favors both of those countries. Spain and Portugal. Thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, like if you compare it to um, a team like France, where I don't know how they're going to play, and they probably haven't played that way before. Um, that's, Mm. that's definitely, I mean, just, but if you compare talent, I think they're probably the most talented team in the competition by far. Um, I would say that's a, that's a pretty, pretty accurate statement. I specifically like the way that Spain's played. Um, they have a lot of experience there as well. Um, so that'll make a huge difference in, in the way that they train um and how they get tactics onto the field as quickly as possible. Mm.
0: I, I do agree, Kevin. I think uh, w- with France that the really big issue I see, and and we know uh, we've given Chevance plenty of grief over this, is uh, no N'Golo Conte means they they really lack that athleticism, that ability to get up and down the park. Now I, I know they've got Kamavinga, but I I just get a feeling Kamavinga is not the same. He doesn't he's have the same, the same. He's not Engolo Conte. Doesn't have the same stamina doesn't have the same positional awareness. I think he's going to be a massive miss for them in the middle of that park. Mm.
1: So interestingly, to your point, Repreth, um Tony Cruz has basically come out this and said something very similar. He's like, obviously, Real Madrid have lost um, Casemiro and now they're playing either Camavinga or Chouameni. And Tony Cruz's opinion is um, they cover less ground than Casemiro did, and they're less um, defensively minded than Casemiro yeah. was, so he's yeah. ha- having to play a bit lower. So yes, without the brilliance of Angolo Conte, France would have to adjust as well to a new system wherein their midfielders have to do a bit extra work um, to to compensate for a lack of Angolo Conte. If you roll back the clock for years, the reason the France midfield worked so well was because you had quarantine Toliso and Angolo Conte Correct. running Correct. up and down the pitch. And that basically meant Paul Pogba was free to do the things he does best, which is dic- dictate the tempo.
0: Yeah, 100%. I, uh, Paul Pogba was absolutely brilliant in that tournament. And a lot of that was down to just how good Toliso and Conte were mm. in ensuring he didn't have to do all the dirty work. So he could basically receive the ball in that middle third,
1: middle third, yeah,
0: anywhere he wanted and spray it around. And I, I, I just don't see them having that type of player in this tournament. And a lot of yeah. it, I think, as Kevin says, comes down to how their front four gel. And we know they're tremendously talented in that department. But perhaps a bit like Brazil here, I think the problem is going to be which combination do you pick? Because mm. of the riches they have, it's 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 going to be a real issue of... We, we know Mbappe plays. We know Griezmann probably plays. But... But what about the other two? Is it Kingsley Coman? Do you go for Dembele? Uh, it, it, there's going to be so many issues around picking the right combination for them. Uh, I think I think not having Kante as that as that anchor perhaps is going to be their undoing.
1: Which mm. is- is Benzema in the French squad? I think he, he is. He is. Right? He, is. He is. Yeah,
0: he, he is. is. he is. Look, and, and I, I think to, you, you've just made the point so well, I, I totally forgot about him. <laughs> you know, this is the Ballon d'Or winner, right? So, you know, he so Griezmann's got to start. Benzema's got to start. Ben Mbappe's got to start. So you've yeah, got the one story. position probably on the right side of that uh-huh. front three. So is it Dembele? Is it Kingsley Coman? You know how, how do you how do you pick?
2: Wow! Well, how do you manage the egos though? That's that's correct, the thing, right? Correct, correct, <laughs> oh, correct. Th- That's easy. That's easy.
1: You just hand over the squad selection to Killian.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's worked and, well in history.
0: And, and this is sort of where I feel maybe this is a tournament that that favors a team like Spain, where their style is almost second nature. We we know how they're gonna play. We know they don't need that cohesion, that that extra time in camp. Uh, arguably, they haven't been that cohesive in an attack anyway. Mm. Uh, through qualifying, I think Sharon Torres is their top scorer with like four goals. But if if they can if they can find a goal scorer, I, I think with that midfield and the experience they have at the back. They've Mm. potentially got a side that is uh, that is not going to be tremendously disadvantaged with uh, with the lack of preparation.
1: Mm. Speaking of Spain, though, something that worked brilliantly for them in 2010 was their team and how Del Bosque basically figured out how to play them best. They had six Barcelona players, three sorry seven seven three one or six three one was basically their setup. Six Barcelona, one Liverpool player in Fernando Torres, and then. The rest were Real Madrid players, so it was basically play the Barcelona way because that was something everybody understood. They they don't have that now because of the dispersed nature of their squad. Even though they have someone similar to Dilboski in Luis Enrique, who can play that Barcelona system, that should be second nature. But the squad's completely different.
0: Correct, correct, and I I think you're you're, you're totally correct, um, Siobhan, because it's it. Uh, going through what I've got up here, where the the, the predicted front three for Spain is uh, Ferran Torres, Sarabia and Morata, right? So it's it's hard to see how that combination is remotely from club level. It's it's nowhere near the the Barcelona or Real Madrid type combinations we've seen in the past. Mm. Um, and, and even in midfield, you've got, you've got Coque, Pedri and Busquets. So I guess a bit of a combination between Busquets and, and Pedri, but not, not the axis that we saw in, in, in 2010, uh, for sure. And, and again, you, 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 go through the predicted defense where they've got Aspi, um, your, your boy Aspi, I guess, Garcia.
1: If, if, if he's fit. If he's, if fit, he's, fit, he's fit. Correct. If he,
0: yeah. Paul Torres and, and Alba. So th- that is a defense that I think can be got at. But but I, I, I think it, this is always the thing with Spain. I think on paper, their defense always looks a little bit suspect. But the, the reality remains they're all just so comfortable on the ball. They'll, they'll mm. be dominating possession. It'll be, you know, 60, 65% possession against most teams in that group, mm. uh, which I think is going to be a massive advantage later on in these mm. games for them
1: but hot take hot take i think their iberian neighbors will do better than them this time at the world Ooh,
0: cup well that uh, that is a great segue i think into <laughs> the players to watch out for in this tournament so obviously the headline act here is ronaldo <laughs> versus messi the last dance how does this go down chavak quite
1: simply I think Portugal have the better overall team.
0: Ooh,
2: better than Argentina. More recognizable.
0: Yeah, I I I'd have to agree with Chavank. On, on paper, yeah, you, you go through that, you go through that squad. They they are they are better on paper.
1: Look, the, the keeper is okay. Maybe Argentina have the better keeper in Amy Martinez. Um, maybe, um, but Luis Diaz is miles better than anyone Argentina can put up in defence. Yeah. Um, Bernardo Silva has vision that I, I, I can't even put into words right now. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Shao Sch- Cancelo, who I think, w- we talk about the uh, the inverted fullback role. Uh, probably there isn't a better exponent of this in world football than Shao than Cancelo. Yeah,
1: basically. And look, um, my point gets exemplified when you think of the fact that the player of the tournament the last time Portugal was, was in a serious tournament, Renato Sanchez, couldn't even make the Portuguese midfield this year. Yeah. Like, that's how stacked with talent they are.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: yeah, yeah Re- Renato has struggled at a club level, but he's doing the, very well this year in France.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and again, I think you, you mentioned that midfield, Chevank. You've got that kind of blueprint of player that is comfortable on the ball. You know, someone like Ruben Neves, Mm. Super comfortable on the ball, Bernardo Silva. You could play him anywhere across anywhere. the front six positions, really. <laughs> Basically, yeah, super comfortable on the ball, right? Um, we've already mentioned Charles Cancelo. Uh, even even someone like Diego Dalo this season for for United, I think he's been exactly. he's been a real revelation at right back. I, I think they've got they've got the lineup. They've got the um, you know we haven't even mentioned Bruno Fernandes, right? If he gets John- into the starting. Or Diego and, Jota, right? And 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 this is, I I think, case in point. I, I would go as far as saying, on paper, probably the most balanced squad. But so much of this comes down to Ronaldo scoring goals. I, I yeah,
2: think,
0: and, and and this, yeah, go on, Kevin.
2: Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think it's hard to say this, but I don't think I would have ever said, I would have ever thought to say this, but I think Cristiano Ronaldo is the weakness in that team.
0: Ooh, hot take number two. <laughs> we're on the roll here. this is getting warmer than the weather in Qatar <laughs> G- Kevin, Kevin, I know you're a United fan uh, did, 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 did the recent interview with uh, with Piers Morgan influence the statement?
2: maybe, maybe but but <laughs> if we're realistic and we look just purely on form I, I'd yeah. say Bruno Fernandes is playing better Bernardo Silva is yeah. definitely playing better and you compare the rest of the team. I, I think they're all like playing really high quality football. Like Cancelo in the last, what he's on my fantasy team. So I know, I know how many points he's been getting me. So <laughs> um,
0: no, abs- absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: But okay. So put it this way, where do you fit Cristiano Ronaldo into this team?
0: Well, he starts there, there, there yeah, is no doubt about the fact yeah. that he starts right. Uh,
1: I mean, he is the captain, whether whether you like it or not, he is the captain of the Portuguese team, and he's basically the on-field
2: coach. Is he a talisman? Do you consider him a talisman?
1: Uh, Probably four years ago, I did.
0: And and look, to to Kevin's point, Siobhan, I think the other aspect in all of this is, certainly based on the evidence we've seen for United, the physical decline is real. Mm. uh th- th- there is definitely even compared to a year ago the the pace is gone right so the, uh, well actually let me let me qualify the, the pace i think went 5 years ago but i think another gear went somewhere in the last 6 months right and pace is one of those things that you can't magically just you you, you cannot turn the clock back right he's he's not going to get faster um it, it was in one of the whatsapp chats that pavish called out that uh the leap and the timing on the leap the power in the shots all of those things look a little bit out and and the key thing with this tournament is he's going to try and he's going to have to try and get all of that back in 3 games because they're in a very tough group right mm. so I, I i do think while while he may not be i wouldn't go as far as saying he's the weak link in that portugal lineup i do think there is an issue here where if he can't find that form they are going to have to look for solutions because if it comes down to it and they have to win that last game and he hasn't scored a goal, this is the thing with Ronaldo. Unless he's scoring, I don't think he's contributing, right? And
1: so it's a better play you bring him on in the 65th minute?
0: Well, this is it, right? This is it. You know, I, I think he's or his camp have misread this whole thing. I I think he could have made a niche for himself as that impact player at United. Right, But there is this insistence on starting. I, I think Kevin made the point earlier. Y- you could easily see his career going maybe two or three further seasons at United if he accepts a diminished role because of his impact, his ability to read the game, his, his movement. But I, I don't think that is, that is for him. He has to be the main man. And um, that may well be the issue here. The other, the other headline act, of course, is um, is, is Messi. Uh, I've got to be honest, I haven't been watching a lot of the, the French league. I, I hear he's scoring a bag full of goals. Uh, Shivank, you were saying pre-show that Argentina may have finally figured out a way to play him. How do we think Messi goes in this?
1: Well, so if you look at the last few internationals that Argentina have played, he has become the centerpiece for that team. Um, if you don't even have to go very far back. Like, the last Copa America that happened, that is evidence. They won it at the Maracanã Stadium in Brazil. Um, and he was basically the architect-in-chief mm. of everything that happened in that game. And I think, I can't remember who that journalist was, but he's like, I think Messi has now completed football or, or something along sure. those lines. Like, the one thing that was always like a chip in his shoulder was the fact that he because he couldn't do so well for the national team like Maradona, he's never going to be held in the same light by Argentinians as Maradona. Now, I don't know if that's true. I am not Argentinian, so I can't comment on the fact that if they see Maradona and Messi in the same light, but with their coach and with their setup, they finally found two energetic midfielders who can do the entire running around. Yeah. You've got lautur La- Lotharo Martinez as a strike partner who, his nickname is El Toro and that sums his game up so pretty beautifully.
0: Much, pretty much.
1: So Messi can be Messi because everyone else allows him to be Messi now. Um, you've still got, is Angel Di Maria playing in this World Cup?
0: I'm fairly sure I saw his name in the squad. Yeah,
1: if he is, he's another one of those players that brings the best out of Messi with everything that he can do. And then you've got Highly energetic fullbacks as well in that Brazilian, uh, I'm sorry, in yeah. that Argentinian camp. So, yeah, yeah.
0: And, uh, I mean, we, we we spoke about El Toro, uh, Kevin, the butcher, Lissandro Martinez, the other Martinez in the squad, yeah,
2: the other
1: Martinez, two of three.
2: Yes, the the treble, they have three. Um, like the Argentinian team, I think also their favoured. I like the way that they play, and I hope they play that that style of football that Maradona, ironically, Maradona tried to introduce a while back, um, I think three World Cups ago. Uh, if they can play that football, it suits the weather. It suits Messi. Um, I think they've got a strong chance out of all of the, I guess, that, that, that group of maybe four or five teams that could be the peak um we're talking about brazil we're talking about france we're talking about argentina um port and um, i was going to say germany but i don't know there there're are also another team that i'm not 100% sure on so maybe spain
0: yeah, and i guess this um in, in just just in wrapping this section up uh, obviously there's the messi Ronaldo headline act but but then i guess Post this World Cup, we're, we're really going to see truly the the passing of the baton, right? This is probably the last tournament we're going to see the two tour- them, the, the, the two goats. And, and then truly, it's about that next generation, right? Um, and I guess if we look at that next tier down, right? So you've got, and look, uh, I, I, I still think they are that next tier down simply because of consistency. But you've got Mbappe, you've got Neymar, you've probably got someone like Kevin De Bruyne, uh, the, the type of form that he's been in, Karim Benzema. Uh, of those players, that that next group down, do you think any of those players are going to be finally staking their claim?
2: I'd be interested to see how KDB plays. Because, um, like, you know, his, his club form is is special. and he's, Sensational. Sensational. Um, and the way he's like, it takes a lot. If you've got to think about it, um, from just like an outward perspective, it's hard to play with somebody like Erling Holland, not because, um, not because of, you know, not just because of his talents, but because of what you have to be capable of doing to get to that stage. Um, and it's been almost seamless. Like some of the passing to set, set him up is just, it's spectacular. Um so I, I'd love to see how he how he plays. He might he might turn out to be the Robin of this World Cup, who knows? Um and I, I think out of that next batch, he's easily the one that I, I um that I want to see uh be successful. Like there there is also this um character side of it where you don't really like Mbappe and you certainly don't like the person Neymar is. So Um, you root for the person who, who you think is like, you know, the one that, um, from a character side deserves it as well. And he's got the talent. So yeah, KDB for me.
0: KDB to, to light it up. Uh, you agree?
1: I do. I quite simply do. Look, um, even though (laughs) every single time Belgium come to an international tournament, uh, at least for the last eight years, maybe whether that's Euros or whether that's World Cups, we have high expectations from them because this is the golden generation that was going on. Um, KDB has always performed. It's like, I don't know, man. He, he's like a chess player in disguise. He's thinking four moves ahead.
0: He, he's, almost like a, he's almost like a cheat code, right? Yeah, like, basically. It, truly pass the ball to Kevin and just make those runs and he will find you.
1: The trouble is with Belgium, they've never had a striker good enough mm. to make those runs. Well, Romulo Lukaku, yes, but that guy only plays on counter attacks. He can't make those intelligent runs in the box all the time. Whereas you've seen what happens when you pair Kevin De Bruyne up with an Erling Holland. Yes.
0: Like,
1: yes. He will make a pass. Erling Holland will be there. I, I have no explanation for how this chemistry works.
0: Yes, and I think the really big issue there, and again, I think the format of the World Cup is, is key here, where you've really got to get it right in, in two of those three games. And last I heard, Lukaku's scheduled to miss the first two games, right? So they're, they're taking a Lukaku who isn't fully fit, and we know he's a guy who, unless he is fully fit, is not effective, right? So I, I think there's a massive gamble here. I, I I do wonder if this needs to be a tournament where someone like a Batshuayi really steps up for Belgium. You know, he's he's really got to chip in. Shivank, for for our listeners, Chevank shaking his head. I think he's been traumatized enough by um <laughs> by, by the Batman.
1: So, so okay, so Batshuayi is the anti Mbappe. <laughs> you love him for his personality yeah. and character, but the talent's just not there, man. Yeah.
0: I would not disagree. I would not disagree. I, I think he's more a, a man a man for occasions who almost flatters to deceive. He'll he'll score you the occasional key goal, but then um, when you really need him to step up, he'll uh, he'll fail you miserably. Yeah. Um,
2: so, so does that does that make Gillian Mbappe the the player we most want to see fail?
1: If I could draw a parallel, Kylian Mbappe is like the Max Verstappen of football.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Which Max Verstappen are you talking about? The Max Verstappen that just came in or the Max Verstappen that's been around for a year of now? Okay. Yeah, I, I,
0: I do think there's going to be quite a few sort of football neutrals that won't want France to win simply because they won last time and football world cups tend to do this to you where Mm. the most disliked team tends to be the team that won last time we saw it happen with spain we saw it happen with germany we've seen it happen with brazil where everyone kind of celebrates the most successful team losing i think there is going to be an element of that kevin where a lot of people want mbappe not to do well because that will probably mean france don't do well i i don't know i i just get a feeling that he will do well because of how freakishly talented he is. Right. When 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 Mbappe is in form and he's able to isolate defenders one-on-one, I don't think there is a scarier play in world football. Like, I, I don't think... Uh, okay, of course, Messi and Ronaldo at their peak, but we're not talking about them at their peak anymore, right? Yeah. I, Mbappe, than... when, when he is in form, I think is a... Scar- he is the type of player who... It almost doesn't matter how well the opposition is playing; he will find a way to score. We've seen it time and time again in the Champions League. Uh, freakish talent.
2: I'm going to call it a little bit early. I think there's going to be more goals scored in this World Cup than any previous World Cup, and I think Ooh. it's going to have to do with the temperature um, and the fatigue. That's going to um, that's going to be uh, you know that's affected by the temperature. Um, and for somebody like Mbappe, I would, if, if I was just purely from a tactical standpoint, if I could get his ego under control, I'd almost always want to play him in the second 45.
1: Oh, yeah. I can see why you say that. I can see <laughs> yeah. why you say that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: But, hey, you can't even get Ronaldo to accept the no. second use, <laughs> <laughs> let alone Mbappe. <laughs> Mbappe's got the world at his feet right now
2: yeah
0: all right all right gents look we're, we're coming up to about 30 minutes and we've got one section to go on predictions so I'm going to come to each of you in what is going to be a, a fairly quick fire round and what I'm after is I'm after who you think are going to be the dark horses then I want a prediction for a winner the golden ball who is the best player in the tournament and then the golden boot so Shavank, we'll we'll start with you first who is your dark horse in this tournament?
1: Oh, I'm going for something very, very left field. Okay, so my dark horse for this tournament is Croatia.
0: Ooh, interesting. I, I, interesting. I still
1: feel they have the best midfield in this tournament. Um, golden boot, Kylian Mbappe. Golden ball, Leo Messi. Who actually wins the World Cup? Brazil. Oof. And here's my reasoning for picking Brazil. Here's here's my reasoning. There's a stat okay, that's been it. yeah, there's the there's a stat that's been going around the blocks for about twenty years now. Um, that Brazil only win World Cups that don't happen in Europe. So they've got a good squad this year. The the general <laughs> attitude around the players and the perception about Samba football being back is back thanks to the likes of Richarlison and Anthony and you know, everyone mm-hmm. else. Yeah. They'll just win it.
0: No, you're right. I, I, I do I do get the same feeling. I, I, I think just um, having seen Casemiro literally every minute he's played, and I know Kevin called out that there's this question mark over who plays next to him, but but Casemiro in the middle of that park, uh, a defense that's always produced stunning quality at fullback, and then you've got that talent across, across the front positions where that they could really pick... Um, You've got their whatever they're starting for is going to be, and then you pick the next four, and they are almost as good, right? You know, we're we're talking about players like Rodrigo and Vinicius and and, and Anthony and Gabriel Jesus and Gabriel Martinelli. It's it's stacked full of talent, and and I think what that gives you is goals. And and in a tournament where, as Kevin said, there might be a lot of goals because of the heat, um, I think they've got the firepower. So uh, some some very very good predictions there, Shivank. Kevin, over to you. The dark horse first.
2: Okay, so my my dark horse playing to the weather theme, um, Uruguay. Uh, I think Ooh. I think they have the team like just from a name brand perspective. They've got the talent. Um, and I think they're pretty well balanced across the board as well. So uh, they'd be my dark horse um, if they can get out of that group. Which, yes, if they can, then they're probably the most one of the most battle hardened teams um, in the competition. Moving on to so Shivank stolen all of, of
0: yeah. He really, he really <laughs> has right. I mean, so, like uh, we spent we spent thirty minutes prepping for this before we got on the air. Shivank literally turned up two minutes before, and he's got all the answers.
2: So I've got to, you know what? I'm just going to go completely left field on everything. So, golden boot, I'm going to go Kane because
0: oh, right, okay, um, okay, yeah, I,
2: I, you know, no, that's a team we haven't spoken about. Yeah,
0: yes, uh, well, that's going to be the final final section. Uh,
2: okay, well, I'll leave that to you. Um Overall MVP, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's the next generation. I'm gonna say KDP, and I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Belgium is my second dark horse, and they're gonna make it to the quarters, um, but then just lose on golds. That's it. Um, and then uh, the winner, you know, I have to stick with Brazil. You know, they're okay. my favorites. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Look, uh, not not much I not much that I disagree with there. I. I think between uh, between Kane, you've probably got someone who's going to have to have to score the, the bulk of the goals for for their country. Uh, you know, the, the the same goes for Messi. I think um, literally they have to score the goals. They'll be taking the set pieces, the the penalties. They'll they'll be the target for most of the free kicks. So really good calls there. And Brazil, it's like I said, it's it's hard to look past them simply because I, I think this might be this might be where the stars align. Um, I said earlier that was going to be the last section, but we haven't discussed England much. So I guess I'm just going to come quickly to both of you. How do England go in this tournament? How, how deep do you see them going?
1: I've got a two-sided answer.
0: All right, let's hear it.
1: I think the talent's there to take them quite far. I think Southgate is the problem. Mm
0: would not disagree
2: so their current well well, their current lineup has um harry Maguire in the team which i think is a mistake um i i don't see i I agree with you that southgate's a problem and i agree with you that there's talent i just don't think they're going to pick the right team and I think they haven't already picked the right squad.
1: Like, case in point, if Tomori isn't traveling, who's ha- who's having a firecracker of a season for AC Milan?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and Kevin, I, I I really think you've nailed it because I don't. Uh, we know, like Shivank said, uh, S- Southgate has his favorites. He has players who he trusts. I, I think, given the format of this tournament, where literally. A week after playing the last game for your club, you're going to be playing your first game at this level and you really can't screw up, right? Now, England have Iran first up. This is not an easy group, right? Iran, the USA, Wales. um, This could easily be a group where you're looking at one win and two draws to get through. So you've really got to win that first game. Uh, no disrespect to Iran, by the way, uh, who I think are going to give England a fair crack. I, I don't think this is the type of game where you can you can be picking players who aren't informed. And and again, I'm going through the predicted England lineup, and there's a ton of players here that are not informed. Right. Uh, the predicted lineup is um well let's start with Pickford. He he's had a he's had a shocking weekend in the Premiership. Mm-hmm. Eric Dyer, who who has not been in form. Harry Maguire, who isn't even getting picked right the the predicted fullbacks are trippier and sure and they are in very good form but up front we've got obviously harry kane starting and the predicted lineups got foden and sterling right now foden we know is very good for man city but England do not play like Man City, right? England do not keep the ball anywhere near as well as Man City. So what role does Foden play in this team? Because the, the role that he plays in City where he's making that third-man run and he's quite often the player who is going and overloading one side of the field, um, I, I don't really think England do that. Sterling, um, Siobhan's not really grinning at the moment, but you no. know, it's fair to say he isn't in form. He uh, isn't in form. You know, this is not really the tournament where you can do these sorts of things because you don't have the time really for these players to play themselves into form. I I do worry about that for England.
2: Do you think somebody like Madison is a better fit then? And do you think um, maybe almost going with a lineup that matches what, for instance, Newcastle is doing right now um, with Kieran Trippier sort of playing a little bit more from the back and um,
0: yeah, I, I, look, personally, I think this is the type of tournament where you've got to be going for form. So I, I think in medicine you have someone who's got that. Um, I, I think the style that's going to suit England here is going to be, I think it's too late in the piece to play a position-based style. I, I, I don't think they're well drilled enough. Uh, I don't think there's enough time to develop that, Um, you know, what, the three or four days that we have. I think it's basically Mm -hmm. going to be low block, play on the break. And I think the likes of Madison and Rashford work quite well in that system. So I I personally feel if you have some combination of a Madison, a Mount and a Marcus Rashford um, with with Kane through the middle, you probably at least have a model there that gives you creativity goals and at least a little bit of pace um although i still think he's going to go with sterling um and i I don't think that's going to go well
1: i can't disagree i simply cannot disagree
0: well and on that note we'll leave it there that's all we have time for we will be doing more shows on the world cup we have uh Quite a few of the extended backpass panel lined up as the tournament goes on. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of discussion points. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Thank you to you, the listener. Please feel free to reach out on social media if you have any questions and feedback, and we will talk to you soon.